is a mongrel, an ugly lop-eared mongrel, fancy free without a family tree. <laughs> but he could up and do it, and prove there's nothing to it, and that's how a good dog should be. Here, yeller, come back, yeller. Best doggone dog in the West. Best doggone dog in the West. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Medfield College Film Society. I am Jeff Crawford. We're not talking about Herbie. And uh, with me are my society members. First of all, we'll start with Robert McSwain, the founder. How are you doing, Robert? I am... Uh... As I mentioned in the pre-show, I've got a lot of um, juggling a lot of balls right now, and almost dropped a big one tonight here on the missing the podcast. <laughs> so, but I'm here. I made it a little bit late, but present. You were just uh, unplugging after Herbie. Okay, and then uh, down in Central Florida, Mr. Michael Crawford, how's it going, my brother? Fine, fine, fine. Here, out just out in the swamp, digging up all sorts of lizards and animals and stuffing them in my pockets you just gotta find a good fresh spring and you're good to go man exactly walla will run to my drinking water (laughs) (laughs) and uh up in the mountainous regions probably near a a nice spring area uh mr andy brown how's it going andy hey guys how are y'all we're doing well all right man good 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 to be here just got back from a trip from disney i was gonna say yeah you've been down there i've been down there in the middle of this uh this all this craziness and uh had a good time and and in fact um i i I took a lot of photos and uh probably i think when this podcast releases i'm gonna if you follow me on twitter at uh, big underscore andy i'm gonna start releasing some of those photos and you're just gonna be blown away by some of these things so brand big andy you heard it here folks follow big andy on twitter Andy, let me ask you, do you know who Moochie is now? I, I know who Moochie is all too well. <laughs> it's like uh, so, you kind of, you know, manifested something, I think, when you uh, when you said you didn't know who Moochie was. Yeah, I did. And it's been an, an amazing journey. And I, I think Moochie is the same <laughs> as he was when I first met him, as he was in my just most recent film that we've watched. So Moochie is who we thought he was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael. Well, let's. Uh, what are we watching? What are we watching here tonight? We are watching the 1957 Disney classic Old Yeller. Yes, Old Yeller. Directed by Robert Stevenson, who we have already seen in the first two Herbie films and The Absent-Minded Professor, and who we will see many times in the future. It was uh, written by Fred Gibson and William Tunberg, based on a book by Fred Gibson. Associate producer, big Disney legend Bill Anderson, and starring Dorothy McGuire with top billing Mrs. Robinson herself as Mrs. Swiss Family Robinson, I should say, as Katie Coates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fess Parker, Davy Crockett, as Jim Coates. Jeff York, a.k.a. Mike Fink, as Bud Searcy. Chuck Connors, the rifleman, as Bernie yes. Sanderson. Beverly Washburn, as Elizabeth Searcy. And introducing Tommy Kirk as Travis Coates. And Moochie himself, Kevin Corcoran, as Arliss Coates with Spike as Old Yeller. Uh, this movie has a lot of 
notable Disney talent behind it and notable Hollywood talent behind it. Uh, music by the long, long, long time Disney composer Oliver Wallace with mm-hmm. a banger of a theme song with music by Wallace and lyrics by Gil George, a.k.a. Hazel George, who was the Disney studio nurse and gave Walt his uh, daily massage, his uh, famous uh, scotch mist mm. and cigarette massage every day. Um, art directed by Carol Clark, who was a legendary Hollywood art director originally from RKO, has way too many notable credits there and at Disney to mention. Sets by Emil Curry. Uh, second AD was Yakima Canute, the very famous Hollywood uh, stunt artist and later stunt director. Matt's by Disney legend Peter Ellenshaw. Lots of talent here. It's funny. We go from Herbie Goes Bananas, which is kind of an end of an era of this uh, Disney live action uh, pre-Michael Eisner to this, which is, uh, you know, Walt was around. This is kind of the beginning of the machine uh, firing up of the, you know, a a tremendous run of live action stuff, which we uh, feast on on this podcast. Yeah, this was really the start of when they were really just starting to get into live action film. So uh, yeah, beginning of an era. Michael, you had said that this is introducing Tommy Kirk. So was this his first Disney movie? Yeah, it was him and him and Moochie Mm. both. Tommy had done, I had like a, maybe a like scenery on one other movie I saw, but this is, yeah, this is his first like speaking starring roles. I I remember. So man, they Hmm. threw him in with both feet. Yeah. A big role. Tommy, this is Mooch. <laughs> Mooch, this is Tommy. Can you watch this kid? Okay, rolling. <laughs> I think I read that they were, they were brothers in like what four or five movies total. Oh Sounds yeah, right. probably. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Just to go back to what you said about uh, Oliver Wallace, Gil George, these are two uh, real legends, and this song it just gets in your head. It's uh, oh yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, and how they weave it into, they weave the theme in so well throughout the movie. It's a really great music. Well, I, you know, I hadn't seen this movie since I'm, I I was young, but I remembered the theme song vividly. Like I could I could, oh, yeah. I could sing it immediately. But I didn't have to. I mean, and but yeah, that that was like one of the highlights of the whole movie. I mean, as I guess a child yeah. was this was the theme song. I always loved it. Indeed, it was. Well, it's that time where we uh, throw it to Andy. Andy, had you seen Old Yeller before? I had. I had seen, like Robert had said, I had seen this movie, I think it was probably in the second or, it was probably second grade. So it's been 30 plus years since I've seen it. Um, And like Robert, as soon as I heard the theme song, it came right back to me. And because I I find myself singing that song randomly, uh, just being like, (laughs) Oh, yeller, come back, yeller. Yeah, I mean, so that was, was – and, and and also the memories – I remember crying as a kid uh, at you know, at the end of the movie. You know, I'm not going to give you spoilers yet. Well, what, but, what happens? Uh, my, my parents always turned it off and said it <laughs> you know, sometime about 15 minutes ago and then said it, they just lived happily ever after. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it, it's it's tears of joy. Um, just just happy for them. Yeah, but uh, our VHS but yeah. tape was broken or something, and we never got to see the ending of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, this is kind of a rite of passage, right? For for kids, 
uh, growing up. I imagine they, they make a lot of kids watch this. Uh, so what is your uh, non-spoiler reaction to this one? I, you know, I remembered liking it as a kid and I, uh, those fond feelings came back and uh, I kind of enjoyed this one. It was nice to revisit this one. All right. Especially after the Herbie stuff you guys put through. Because, <laughs> my God. What are you talking about, Andy? <laughs> oh, I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just have a good time, Andy. What's wrong with you? The Bonanza, Robert. The Bonanza. Okay, well, speaking of Robert. Robert, you have Act 1. Please uh, introduce us to Old Yeller. Old Yeller was a fighter, a rootin' tootin' fighter. In any scrap, he knew just what to do. A rough and ready feller, although his coat was yeller, his bold Texas heart was true blue. Here, Yeller, come back, Yeller. Best dog on dog in the West. Here, Yeller. Distributed by Buena Vista Film Distribution Company Incorporated, our old friend, greeting us as always. We fade up from black to Golden Oak Ranch with an interesting yellow script font, Walt Disney Presents. And it's the mother from Swiss Family Robinson, Dorothy McGuire, as Michael pointed out earlier, and Mr. Daniel Boone himself, a.k.a. Fess Parker. Man, I can't wait to see Fess light up the screen for the next hour and 20 minutes with his rugged manliness. This is going to be good. I can already tell. As soon as the credits fade, a large, muscular yellow Labrador jaunts over the ridge, and we're treated to a very Disney song, as we talked about earlier, about our hero, Old Yeller. Best doggone dog in the West. And who do we see in the opening credits joining Dorothy McGuire? Well, it's Tommy Kirk and Moochie in their big screen debuts. Okay, so I'm all in now. We got we got Ma Robinson. We got Tommy. We got Moochie. We got Fess. I'll add here that uh, we get some barking here, uh, some Foley barking, and it sounds an awful lot like Pluto, uh, historian... Can you confirm or deny that I can't remember the voice actor who did Pluto? I, I believe he uh, did he do Goofy as well. Was that um, no? It wasn't the same guy, but I bet Jimmy McDonald. He was the studio effects guy, sound effects guy. Uh, that, that was probably him. I would have to be. Yeah. I would guess. Yeah. So I thought it sounded just like Pluto, but maybe it wasn't. But I'd like to say while we're on the foley. Uh, uh, that gunshot sound effect that you would hear several times is Disney stock. I feel like it was yes. used in Pirates of the Caribbean and you name it. So yeah. Stanley Robinson probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's just always the same. It's like the Wilhelm scream of Disney guns. As the credits continue to roll, Yeller starts chasing a rabbit and PETA is not happy. Yeller corners no. the rabbit in a thicket, and then suddenly a flock of pheasants erupts from the bushes, and the rabbit oddly emerges from behind the bushes. Um, 
now having seen rabbits uh, hide in thickets in my life, uh, I can rest. I can tell you with <laughs> a, that a rabbit ain't coming out if there's a dog sitting out there. You seen a lot of rabbits hiding in thickets, Robert? I have. Uh, I've spent <laughs> some time up in the mountains, and my uh, my dog, who I will I maybe I've mentioned on this podcast before, her name was Marble. <laughs> Marble, would Marble chase ran and... into a thicket after a rabbit one time and got her rear end whipped by that rabbit. There you go. <laughs> and the, the bushes started shaking. Oh, man, I believe it. And then yeah. poor old Marble came running out of there with her tail between her legs. So I don't know what happened, <laughs> but it wasn't good on, on her end. So I just want to know who at Disney was their job to hide in the bush and throw out the birds. Because those birds were clearly like thrown out. I put this in my notes here. Like you see the rabbit, and he just sort of like gets tossed up in the air and then takes off running. So there was clearly somebody on the other side of the bushes throwing the rabbit back into the shot. But luckily for the rabbit, Yeller didn't notice, and the rabbit was safe. And Peter breathes a sigh of relief. For now. For now. <laughs> but there's going to be more. Yeller sees a homestead, but decides to hide as Moochie and Tommy, or Travis, roll up. I'm going to just refer to uh, uh, Moochie as Moochie throughout this movie. Although you got to you got to give it up that his name is really great, Arliss. That's that a is really, a perfect, really great name. A perfect but, name. Uh, I've never heard another Arliss. I condemn the Moochie uh, switching. I mean, we got to keep it clear. Yeah. Moochie is concerned that Pop is leaving uh, with their steers. While Travis explains how money works, we find out that Papa invested in Confederate money. Whoops. Johnny Reb. I would assume the family was a little short on cash now as a result of that. Yeah, right off the bat, Moochie's just really mooching hard. What's money? What are we doing? What's going yeah. on? Look at this Confederate. <laughs> I wrote the same thing. I said Moochie is the exact same in this movie as he was in Swiss <laughs> Family Robinson. He's a yeah, he's typecast. I, just I know wrote, just the guy to get. I just wrote Moochie be mooching. <laughs> Inside the house, Fess uh, Parker, uh, aka Papa, is saying goodbye to Dorothy or mother and. Papa is dripping with masculinity with a classy mustache and vest <laughs> and a very, very well uh, manicured hair. Uh, yeah, too well manicured because everyone else looks kind of rough and he looks like he's, yeah, he stepped out of the parlor. Man, he's like, uh, he's beyond smolder. He's like furrowed. He's just like, yeah, like you said, he's dripping masculinity. <laughs> he's just like, Murrah. I feel like he's going to like tear apart those he loves because he's so strong. <laughs> he's, he's explaining why they need money and that he's gone, going to be gone for three to four months and he's going to buy mother a nice dress. When he gets back for the first time, they're going to be able to buy things. So they've just been living off the land, I guess, since the, the, the civil war uh, came to a halting end. Um, and all that Confederate money uh, became worthless. <laughs> yeah, all his money's tied up in Jefferson Davis's fund. <laughs> Moochie's upset that Papa's leaving, and Papa explains that the engines will scalp him for sure if he came along. So that's a little cringeworthy. But uh, but anyway, Moochie decides that he needs to stay and look after the farm. Bess gives Travis instructions on or Papa 
gives Travis instructions on uh, as he rides off to meet up with the cattle drive. Uh, keep after the corn. It's a man-sized job, he says. Travis asks for a horse when he comes back, and Papa tells him he needs a dog first. They have a gentleman's agreement that if he takes care of the farm and acts like a man and plays the man's part, he'll get him a man's horse. So there's a lot of man uh, masculinity going on here. That's right. That's right. Man, their setup is pretty great, though. It's a pretty impressive little uh, cabin and and, uh, location they're on here. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. It's really pretty. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's really nice. It looks like... I don't know where Golden was. It, did you say Golden Oak Ranch? Yeah. It, but it looked like looks like Skywalker Ranch in the background. You could see, mm. you know, the influence of you know, uh, Phantom Menace in that. Uh, just those rolling hills and things like that. So with six minutes into the movie, Fess Parker rides off with just the clothes on his back, a bedroll, and a rifle. That's all you need, man. It's all you need when you when you have looks and swagger like that, I suppose. Got a mustache like that. Travis is out plowing the corn shortly after Papa's left. I'm not sure why he's plowing the corn after it's clearly been planted. I was wondering about that, too. Yeah. I wondered that as well. That was weird. Maybe they have a real drainage problem in their field. <laughs> maybe he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, maybe he didn't get taught enough. Maybe it's a man sized job, man. He's planting legumes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking when you grow, I, I grew up on a farm, and so you grow, sometimes you grow corn in different, you do grow it in phases, whereas so that it, the, the pollination and those kinds of things. And so that's the only thing I could think of that he was doing. Otherwise, I was like, what's, why is he doing that? And he's also doing it very dangerously. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'd, I'm like in the farming community I grew up in, that they, lots of times they did use mules to, Still, still do some of the plowing, and uh, and you would hear tales of all the times of people getting dragged. Very much similar to the way Tommy gets dragged here in a little bit, but yeah, it's uh, they tell you things not to do. Yeah, this is uh, this is another thing. You know, we talk about PETA. Is there like a child PETA? Because there's some real stuff in Old Yeller. I mean, yeah. some real stuff we got going on with the child actors. And they're just warming him up for Swiss Family Robinson. That's oh, yeah. all. They're, they're like, all right, get ready. Toughing him up. <laughs> Suddenly, Yeller comes over the hill and chasing varmints again. <laughs> Rabbit runs between the mule's legs, and Yeller does too, le- and, and legitimately startling the mule, I might add. Like, this is not, like, the mule jumps. Like, it, it, it does not like this. Um, so, PETA, you know who to call. How are we doing on our animal acting right now, Robert? I need to check in with you regularly. I, I'm, I'm, I was impressed with the, what was his name? Spike or Butch or <laughs> the, the, the dog's the real name of the dog. Spike. Spike. Okay. Yes. Well, you should have been Butch. I mean, <laughs> Hey Butch. That, that dog was a, uh, he was all man. He was, uh, <laughs> um, anyway, enough of that, but yes, he's, he's doing pretty good. I was, I was impressed with his, uh, his, his acting chops. Better than, uh, what was the name of that dog and Natty again? Jeb. Yeah. So you're be- better than Jeb, huh? Hack. Better, way better than Jeb. Jeb ain't nothing, man. <laughs> so, the mule jumps, and Travis hangs on for dear life. <laughs> as the mule takes off, dragging Travis 
I'm hoping that's a stunt double. I mean, there's there's at one point we get a close up of Travis being dragged, uh, the actor Tommy Kirk. Then he jumps up, and the mule just rips out what maybe twenty yards of fencing, maybe more. And Papa hadn't been gone long, and things are already starting to come apart. It's not a good first day. Or whatever no. first episode for old Trav. Travis, distraught by the mess the mules made, turns his anger onto Yeller and starts chucking fistfuls of rocks at him. The dog flees. Travis declares, "That old dog better not come around here while I got my uh, while I got me a gun in my hands." Hmm. It kind of uh, sums up his uh, southern accent chops right there. It's kind of kind of something. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get we're gonna get into that some more later because some of the uh, the southern accents in this movie are a little, a little rough. But Moochie comes rolling in after a hard day of mooching or mooching uh, on the homestead. He notices the tore up fence. Travis says an old stray dog did it. But you hear what she what he, Mooch says, right? She says, "Where have you been?" And he says, "I've been bear hunting." Yeah, <laughs> and I love that. I was like, "That's that's what exactly what Moochie would be doing." I just love that Moochie. They probably were, were had had a whole scene set up for him. They couldn't find him. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Moochie just comes and goes as he pleases, apparently, because it's like nighttime, and he just like right. rolls on in. They, they were, yeah, they already they had already eaten. Some, of, I mean, Travis at least had and. Moochie be moochin'. <laughs> Moochie be moochin', man. <laughs> so, uh, Moochie gets all excited when he hears there's a dog around. Mother asks what Moochie was, what Moochie has in his pocket. And he pulls out an obviously fake lizard. Uh, she makes him get rid of the, uh, of it along with everything else, which prompts Moochie to reveal a live frog and a live snake, which Dorothy, uh, yeah, I will, yeah. uh, commend her for she grabs that snake and you know come on i I tell you what I, I was impressed with her her acting and her character in this whole movie she did a really did a good job with it i'll tell you what i was impressed with is that cornbread they were serving that oh, made me man. Hungry. Oh, cornbread yeah. is a major character in this movie yeah let me tell you what and i was <laughs> jealous every time truly Mama wishes they had a dog like Old Bell. The old Bell wouldn't let Travis get near anything harmful. Bell would would have made short work of that old yeller stray too, according to Travis. Travis sits there and reminisces about Bell for a minute. Old Bell, if you want. So there's a must be a theme about naming your dog old with something you suppose they found Bell in a bale of hay or something. I don't know. What do you? It seems like a weird name for a dog. <laughs> and as it's a different time, man. Well, they, they didn't name her Kim Kid Arliss. Uh, so and I made my He's cat a big fan uh, of little, that show. Little Andy. So there you go. That's true. <laughs> That's <a> true story. <laughs> yes, for our listeners, I have a cat named after the big Andy called Little Andy, so. <laughs> but not old Andy. Uh. 
The sun rises over Golden Oak Ranch, and Travis is out gathering firewood. Travis goes out and gets some meat curing outside. Again, seems risky to have a big hunk of meat hanging outside from for things like, I don't know, yellow dogs and or bears to find. But, well, Yeller had wolfed down that, that side of Midland meat. As they called it. Uh, I don't know what middling meat is. Andy, do you know what middling meat is? Um, I'd never heard that term before. I don't, yeah. I need to, I should have looked it up, but I didn't. But Travis has had enough of that dog. He's going to go whack old, uh, pardon me, whack old yeller upside the head. But Moochie intervenes. A poorly, poorly choreographed fight breaks out. Uh, it it kind of reminded me of the scene from uh, Star, uh, Star Trek where, um, Kirk fights the was it the um, the big lizard? Oh, the Gorn, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very much in that in that the sort of whack, whack, and they're like hitting each other with sticks. And but mother comes out, she breaks it up. Travis ain't having it, but mother thinks they should keep him around, keep old Yeller around, and Moochie is all on board. Travis exclaims. We're not going to keep that ugly old yeller dog after what he done. Moochie runs off with yeller, but Travis still doesn't want him. Travis goes on the hunt to get a deer since yeller ate the middle of meat. I thought that was funny that I like that. That Ma was like, yeah, after breakfast, you just go get us a deer. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> no problem. It's like a kid. <laughs> Travis finds himself a nice cozy spot to wait downwind, mind you. So he he checked to make sure he wasn't gonna give his scent gonna give away to the deer. And uh waits for a deer to come out and mama deer and fawn jump out of the thicket. Travis draws a beat, but Bambi's safe this time. So is Mama. <laughs> so Travis is too much of a sportsman to take down a, a mom deer, so I applaud him for that. So does PETA. While the deer drink by the water's edge, Travis is amused by some nice stock footage of Chipmunk's plane. Meanwhile, Bambi's dad strolls out for a drink. Travis almost misses seeing him, but he sees him, draws a beat, and pow, we cut right before he pulls the trigger. I, I was curious to wonder what the <clears throat> the direction was given to Tommy during while he's like, all right, you're, you're supposed to be looking at Chipmunk's over here because his reaction, his little acting during that was kind of stiff and you know, you know what I'm talking about? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, react to this. Yeah. Looking at off camera antics. Yeah. I will say uh, to your point, Robert, the deer's acting behind him. I was so impressed. Oh. <laughs> like such yeah. a neat <laughs> shot where the deer just like walks up and is like, like in the background of like, uh, I'm just a deer hanging out. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty, yeah. pretty clever shot. Like there was a green screen or something. Maybe, right. Yeah. Couldn't, uh, it looked a little fake, but if it was fake, I mean, it was, it was still very believable. It was on, right. on the edge. Um, but yeah. So back at the homestead, Travis returns with uh, Bambi's dad slung over the, over old jumper, the mule while Moochie and Yeller are playing in the drinking water, <laughs> which I think we've already mentioned kind of grosses me out a little bit and probably grossed you all out too. So. Yeah. Don't do that. That's that's come on. When dude. they're calling it out in a movie from the fifties, you know, it's pretty gross. 
Travis throws a rock at old Yeller telling them to get out of the drinking water. So Travis gets it. Uh, I love Moochie's line here. Quit rocking my dog. <laughs> Man, the chunkin' rocks. Chunkin' also, rocks. They were not messing around, you know? They're like no. pretty, pretty close to the dog and each other. It's pretty crazy. And, and uh, Moochie's got an arm. Oh, yeah. I mean, does that surprise you? No, yeah. it doesn't surprise me one bit. <laughs> He's got a cannon. <laughs> Mama breaks up the fight again and instills her wisdom upon the situation. And once again, Travis turns his anger towards old Yeller, who's getting off scot-free. Mm. A lot of injustice in this world, Travis. Got a lot to learn. Mm. He's learning a lot about being a man right now. It's a man-sized yeah, man. <laughs> that night, Travis is hanging <laughs> Hanging up Bambi's dad to cure, and he warns old Yeller, if he touches this meat, he'll shoot him right between the eyes. Mm. 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 He then hangs that meat so Yeller can get it easily. Tempting him, saying, come on, it's right here, look, it's easy, it's right here, do it, come on, you got this. Give me a reason to kill you. <laughs> it's right here. The next morning, Travis gets up to find the meat still hanging there and old Yeller waiting patiently. Hmm. This dog knows more than we give him credit for. This mm. dog, is, he's on the up and up, man. Travis heads out to start mending the fences. But will last night's good deed mend the broken fence in Travis and old Yeller's relationship? I don't know. While Travis and mother are out breaking their backs Fallen trees for the fences. Moochie's in there goofing off in the watering hole again, trying yeah. to noodle him a catfish. <laughs> I just picture Walt in the uh, Walt in the dailies, like just guffawing, like eating his uh, chili and beans, like his Hormel chili, and just like dying <laughs> at at Moochie while he lights another cigarette. You know, <laughs> this kid's got it. I love this kid. Man, Moochie was up for anything, apparently. I mean, he was game, that's for sure. Before long, Moochie's in the drink, and old Yeller grabs a catfish. And that music cue right there was really great, by the way, <laughs> for those of you scoring at home. <laughs> With a cart full of wood for fencing. And by the way, uh, I feel like Moochie's kind of at the age where he can at least help. Like He's just getting like just to go mooch around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Moochie be mooching. <laughs> Like he's not like I mean I mean it's no uh, knock on on on, on Moochie as a as a person it's more of the writing of the character there's so. got to be a chore for yeah for a kid yeah something he could have been doing get some yeah. firewood at least crying out loud yeah I think uh, his mom is up is probably a fault of her character that oh she's not making him do something. it's on Ma for sure for sure yeah he's the baby she so is baby and Moochie for him. sure. She's maybe. pretty wise to, to Moochie. Maybe she's maybe she knows, maybe maybe she's tried and this it's it's just easier if we just let her. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, maybe it's safer. It's just probably yeah, true. It's just safer for everyone to not let Mooch do anything. Got your firewood, Ma, <laughs> a bunch of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> He's cut his arm off. <laughs> well, uh let's see here. So with a cart full of wood for fencing, Moochie has moved on from Catfish noodling is going to go wrestle him a bar. This is super shades of Swiss Family Robinson elephant. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, 
What is it with Moochie and animals? Why do they keep putting them together? I, I guess it's just his. They're like, all right, they know that that this works well for this this actor. Again, so I just, just imagine Walt Disney being like, "Hey, put the kid with some animals. Let's get this going. Good bits." <laughs> Old Moochie's uh, got himself a baby bar. <laughs> Mama hears. Uh, pardon me, Mama Bear shows up, of course, and. She ain't happy. But Moochie ain't letting go of that baby bar. It's a weird thing to write into this movie. Yeah, very weird. Yeah, because Mama Bar is uh, bearing down on Moochie. And he's just kind of, I don't know if he's like frozen in fear or if he's just like, I'm going down with the ship because I'm keeping his bear. (laughs) (laughs) I just, how has Moochie survived to this point is my question. Like, how is he alive? If this is like his every day, how is he still alive in the frontier world? <laughs> it's going to be the bacteria that gets him from that dirty water, you know, mm-hmm. in the end. Cholera. <laughs> then out of nowhere, old Yeller slams into the bear and a fight breaks out like a real fight. Like this isn't. You know, lots of close-ups and a you know a fake tire claw coming into the shot occasionally. No, this is a bear fighting a dog. Yeah. Again, shades of Swiss Family Robinson with the tiger. It's like how they serious. did this. I don't know. I it's, it's I mean, it's probably not as impressive as the dogs fighting the tiger, but it's pretty close. Is it the same stunt coordinator? It's got to be. I didn't look yeah, it up. A good it's got to be. The bear rears up on its uh, on its legs, which is always a little unsettling seeing a bear walking around like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not a fan of the circus, then, Robert? <laughs> no, the, the, that bear uh, that you and I uh, know up at Appalachian is. Uh, oh gosh, yeah, was lives in my nightmares. <laughs> yes. And did you ever see that bear? I want to know this story. I don't remember this. <laughs> I remember it from my childhood. <laughs> there was like a, a stuffed brown bear, like a, maybe a seven or eight foot tall brown bear. Oh, yeah. Right in the library when you walk in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, do you remember that from Boone? No, I don't. We were up there one time with family, and uh, we went in this library, and there's this bear standing there. I was just, one time I was with Rob, I was like, I think there's this bear in the library up here. <laughs> I think I've I think I've been here before. We went and found it. They, I think, I think maybe they had moved it. They, it, it made its way to the new library. But, but moving on because nobody cares about the bear at the library in App State. Uh, Travis is impressed by the bravery, and Mama is shaken up by the ordeal bringing Moochie back to the house. Travis comes in and declares that Yeller is crazier than a bull bat. I just need, I need like a Rolodex of like, of their sayings and their, like, cause it's a bull bat. You, you should get like a randomizer on like an app, you know, that's what it should be. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He's a heap more dog than, uh, <laughs> that he had given him credit for. So that night Travis is in bed assessing the day and Yeller pokes his head in. Travis invites him in and immediately Yeller jumps in bed with him and Moochie. And Moochie sleeps hard, man. 
That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet I bet he really did sleep hard. <laughs> he is pedal to the floor on everything yeah. he does. <laughs> we get a nice call back to the old yeller theme. And we fade to black with Travis and Old Yeller finally bonded. <laughs> to be done and the next day ma and travis are out in the garden and she talks of when her and pa found the place they had camped by the spring woke up hearing the birds sing just like today she told him jim this is home just about this time as they are reflecting uh, old mr cersei rides up and he is something mm. oh, uh, bud. <laughs> but cersei he's a uh Quite the talker. He's a uh, bearded man. He's he's kind of got a Mike Fink vibe to him for uh, from Davy Crockett. He's like a character out of the Andy Griffith show too. Yes, oh, absolutely. But, uh, he's you know this kind of guy that talks a big game and is really just he he too is a mooch of a different stri- uh, you know stripe. He has his daughter Elizabeth with him, which remind who reminds me of like a Mister Rogers puppet, like the. <laughs> <laughs> she is so weird. Yes, she, she is looks strange. so weird. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to stop talking about this. This is the first <laughs> time I'm going to mention it. She is so weird. She looks strange. She sounds strange. Is everything about her strange? Yes. And uh, so he's curious if Ma needs anything done. You know, they. He's looking in on him. Um, but you know, he's basically there to get fed. Uh, he said he's been picked to stay home from the cattle drive to protect the women folk and uh, proceeds to tell a bunch of stories while spitting, doing his thing. He goes and helps himself to the water a bucket. Well, he, yeah, and he pours it out and gets asked Elizabeth to get some fresh because it's not any good. Because <laughs> he'd been hanging too long. Been hanging too long. <laughs> yeah. I like Little that. Little you know that. The Moochie's dirty trousers have been wiping in that water all night. <laughs> so he speaks of a thief around stealing meat out of smokehouses and bread off windowsills. Uh, Travis suggests it may be a varmint. But Mr. Cersei says, ain't no varmint that clever. As Moochie continues to do, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Where we game? I'm hungry. <laughs> He's squirming. <laughs> And Cersei uses this as a way into a free meal from Ma. 
Mr. Cersei's daughter, Elizabeth, goes down with Travis to pick corn. And uh, Travis realizes raccoons have been in the corn. Uh, Elizabeth reveals that she knows that old Yeller is actually the thief that Mr. Cersei spoke of. But she ain't gonna tell. Because, evidently, uh, Old Yeller is siring Miss Pritchett's dog's pup. So uh, he's he's not only getting into the bread in town, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Travis, in a uh, show of gratitude, gives her an arrowhead that he found. (laughs) And uh, she swears again that I'll never, ever tell. Oh, God. That accent, man. She is weird, man. She's weird. I'm telling you. I feel sorry for her because this poor girl, like in real life, is is like right there on the edge of puberty, and she's so in that awkward stage. And I just was like, oh man, but she cringes at the (laughs) thought of looking back at this movie. (laughs) She is like the Cold War. She's like, you know, it was in somebody's like fallout shelter or something. That's what I think of. Um. Oh, now we luckily we get to have the pleasure of watching Mr. Cersei eat and talk uh, while he eats, which is just why. He's I mean, so I guess greasy. They're, they're painting a picture. He is very greasy uh, and just jealous of that meal. More cornbread, though. I know. Oh, cornbread. cornbread. Uncredited SAG card for cornbread. Soon enough, Cersei wipes his hands on the table and is off, which is, you know, bold move. Sandy will check on in on them soon enough. After he leaves, Travis reveals that he knows Old Yeller's been stealing and is concerned he will get shot. Travis calls Yeller in and says, I keep you so dang busy you won't be able to get out. Well, uh, let me back up because you, you, you missed a couple of because uh, they... Old Bud goes on and on several times about old hogs, how to how to how to catch a hog and how to get you get treed by hogs and yeah, there's a lot of hog knowledge drop. He, he brings a lot of hog and then again the go back to the uh, the Wayne's World scene, <laughs> the random guy just gives a whole bunch of just weird knowledge <laughs> out of nowhere. I just think I guess get thinking back to that going it's, it's an awful lot of uh, discussions about hogs, almost like we need to remember something here. I would have to say that I I needed to have the closed captioning on because I had a real hard time understanding uh, old Bud. I was like, what does he say? And I'm not cosmopolitan by any means, but I was like, what what in the world? What? <laughs> yeah, a right. little, little side note Robert, Robert and I have a friend who has a really thick accent and uh, sometimes uh, they would say something like that and Robert would ask me to translate <laughs> <laughs> what did they just say <laughs> oh well that night Travis uh, stops Yeller from leaving the field they're, they're laying in the field in order to chase off the raccoons and it's a kind of funny animal acting there uh where yellers sheepishly trying to get out um travis has a someday uh, somewhere out there moment where he's wondering if his father's looking up at the same sky says he wishes he was with him as he falls asleep but my notes right here i i, I thought surely when he fell asleep they they kicked around the idea of doing a, a big show stopping dream sequence song <laughs> like i was like 
Uh, they could totally have plugged one in right there with him, you know, running around and singing the old Yeller song. And <laughs> well, I mean, what, what what comes next is almost as good as a dream sequence. You've mm-hmm. got, you know, an army of raccoons moving in. Yeah, that's that's a ton of raccoons. Real entertainment. It's like raccoon and, fantasia. Because there's yes. like music playing and like all these raccoons flooding in. That's a, we need to, uh, yeah, make some gifts out of the raccoon shenanigans or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the crew of raccoons shows up immediately after they fall asleep and begin to go about their business, uh, taking the corn. A few of them get greedy and start mixing it up. And that finally wakes up Yeller and Travis and Yeller gives chase successfully. Keeping them busy, folks. Keeping the raccoons at bay. Yeller's not real observant, man, because they they would have been making a lot of racket. Yeah, like they they were definitely making a lot of noise. That's I was sure. thinking that I was like, no dog sleeps that heavily. <laughs> like yeah. you know, most dogs would have yeah. been like at any int of noise would have been up. Right. That's right. Next day, Ma tells Travis that Rose, one of the Longhorns, never came up. And has probably had a calf. So Travis and Yeller go off to look for her. She'll be on the fight. Be careful. They find Rose and the calf, and uh, Yeller, Yeller goes trying to rile her. As Travis grabs the calf, Rose does get riled and charges Travis, to which old Yeller gives chase and tackles this cow multiple oh times. How do they do this one? Yeah. That didn't that. Look, there was something there. I, I, I needed to go back and rewatch it. There's no way. A trip but, wire? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Because it's real quick. If you notice. Like they threw like a stuffed dog at her head or something. And then, because the cut was so fast. Yeah, and it was kind of behind bushes too. And there were bushes yeah. in the way. So you couldn't really see. So the, it was it was a fake dog that they were whacking that poor cow in the head with. Maybe they had a booby trap too for the cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoop. Uh, it was, it was a odd, odd s- scene. Again, how is yeah. anyone alive when your own cow tries <laughs> to kill you? How are you? How does anyone survive? It's rough, <laughs> rough world, man. That's Keep right. On the fight, man. Pioneers, man. That's how our country got made on the backs of Travis's everywhere and Moochie's. <laughs> Travis grabs the calf and Yeller escorts Rose back home. Rose is tied up and not doing well. And this scene is kind of uncomfortable to watch. Fighting off the rope as Travis tries to milk her. And man, you know, she, she kicks that bucket pretty close to old Trav. Yeah. Travis gets Yeller and tells him to hold her there. One of my favorite. Bits of animal acting. Yes! So good! Uh, the cow and uh, Yeller both. Yeah, so Yeller just stares her down, and then Rose gives the most hilarious facial expression, like <gasps> catatonic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, indeed, Travis is successful in milking her. I mean, I'm just saying, can't you wait, like, a few hours? Just let Rose chill out for a second, you know? Yeah. Guess they wanted that if it was a 70s movie, they would have like freeze framed on the split second. Rose's eye was doing that and had a like a what sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> a tippity. <Yeah. laughs> 
Oh, so now a stranger shows up named Burn Sanderson, which is just yes. amazing. <laughs> the look and name is just incredible. Burn Sanderson. He said that Cersei told him they had a yellow dog at the house that matches the description of one that belonged to him. Travis begrudgingly goes to get Yeller, and here comes Moochie riding Yeller up to the house. Sanderson notes that this crew doesn't have much in the way of protection, and offers a loan of Yeller, which Ma turns down. As Yeller and Sanderson take off, Arliss goes full Moochie and starts throwing rocks. Always chunking rocks. rocks. Chunking. That's my dog! That's my dog! And uh, old Burn Sanderson's horse throws him off. And he, he reconsiders. So this is a great little moment. <laughs> he said, let me, let me talk to this boy. Calls out Moochie in a mock serious tone. There's a great shot of him standing there like he's getting ready to draw his gun. Just in silhouette. It was cracking me up. Like I was dying laughing at the camera work. And they they drag it out for for a long while. It's good. But, uh, Sanderson looks in uh, in Moochie's pocket and finds a horny toad. Uh, to which Moochie says, "What about my dog?" Sanderson. <laughs> this is Moochie to eleven here. Oh yeah. He's yeah. like. <laughs> We're at peak yeah. Moochie. Absolutely. Uh, Sanderson suggests a swap for the horny toad, but that's not quite enough. He indeed is also in it for the food, so he asks Moochie to help him convince his ma to give him a woman-fed meal in addition to the toad. Man, she must be a great cook. It's a different time. Pretty good cook. Yeah, I mean, cornbread. Do, do your impersonation there, Jeff. You heard about that cornbread. What, my impersonation what? Of, of Moochie asking mom about, about the food. I don't know. Well, ma, you gonna feed him? <laughs> <laughs> like he, everything's everything's screaming like there's no like yeah. like let me go calmly ask my mother uh turns and ma i have a, a a a personal connection to this scene because i had a similar thing happen to me when i was a kid when the local school uh, my mom was a teacher at the local elementary school and i remember being there and uh we had a stray had been hanging around for a while and uh and i really just kind of had a connection with it and i asked my mom if we could take him and she's like sure and uh because no one had come to claim him and he'd just been a stray and he didn't have a call or anything and then a few days later uh a man showed up at the school who ha- had a picture th- that looked just like him and mm-hmm. and he came and was asking around and they said yeah that uh they and they had talked to my mom and she told him where we lived. It was a different time. <laughs> she said, "Yeah, go, go, go out to you know our house and 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 that's where he is." And so he went out there and uh, he ended up not taking him. He said that he felt that he was happy and where he was. And so I ended up keeping the dog. So deep nice man, wow. yeah, that dude is a serious dude. Wow, yeah. another Burn Sanderson lives and lives and breathes <laughs> among us. Yeah. Let me talk to this boy, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, you ain't taking my dog. You gonna feed him? <laughs> and I, strangely enough, I had a horny toad in my pocket. <laughs> I will say that, yeah, when he goes, like, he unilaterally goes for Moochie's pockets. I'm like, man, don't stick your hand in Moochie's pockets. You don't know what's in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You're asking for a heap of trouble there, Mr. Sanderson. Scorpions. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Ants. Nobody gets out of Moochie's pockets alive. So, after the woman fed meal, Travis walks Sanderson to his horse, Man Talk, where uh, Sanderson confides to Travis that there's a bad case of hydrophobia going around. Sanderson has shot several critters. Travis says he doesn't know if he can tell if anything has it. As Travis is rounding up hogs soon, Sanderson says to watch out for the critters you can't really tell have it. Because once them that have it bite you, it's too late. Sanderson gently drops the horny toad and takes off. What a dude. Burn Sanderson. Maybe we all be a little bit more like Burn, you know? I love the yeah. quote there, though. This is the way men talk to one another. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize, I looked up Chuck Connors, um, just out of curiosity, I didn't realize he was, he played Major League Baseball and was in the NBA. No way. Yeah, he played for the Celtics, I think, which was blew That's my mind. Serious time to play for the Celtics. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. What a guy. Wow. So as Sanderson takes off without a horny toad, without his dog... We fade out, head to act three. No one will be admitted after the start of act three. Hog track, Shiller. Get him, boy. So, Travis and Yeller go off to find the hogs, the hogs of which we've heard oh so very much. They find them in a mud pit being generally unpleasant and rooting around. Uh, hogs just, uh, yeah, not, not, not good. Yeller barges right in, as is his wont, and starts a stampede, leading the pigs into a dead-end canyon where he holds them at bay. This is more of, like we said, Swiss Family Robinson shenanigans at work um lots of and i will say yakima Knut, who was this second ad on this did work on swiss family robinson and uh you know as we've seen with travis being dragged uh Knut was famously responsible for the chariot scene in ben-hur which perhaps oh. inspired travis getting dragged hmm. he also did spartacus uh the action in spartacus so oh wow uh, yeah big pedigree for all this animal combat going on while yeller is holding the pigs uh in place travis works his way into a tree overhead with a rope his plan is to pick the hogs off one by one he's marking them and lowering them back down and yeller helpfully brings the hogs over under the tree and travis tries to lasso them so he ropes a little way. Sorry, why is he wanting to mark them? I guess I, like branding a cow. And that's what. But what, was it their hogs though? No, they're wild hogs. They were. They, they look like boar. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know the rules of the West. Conservation. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's tracking their migration. <laughs> what Whatever saying. the reason. I mean, like, yeah. he's tagging. I mean, logical studies. 
again, I, I said it was disturbing, but it's also kind of riveting. I mean, it's just like high drama, high tension. I was just like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? Like, it's, usually these movies don't take me into that realm, uh, mostly because I've seen them a ton and I've seen this less, but. Man, yeah. it was like, what is going to happen yeah, here? I agree. This is one of those scenes that I remembered vividly from you know, 30 years ago when I watched it. I was like, oh, I know exactly what's getting ready to happen. Yeah. I um, Yeah, I had been wondering what, you know, because they had talked before about, you know, have you marked the hogs yet? Have you marked the hogs yet? I had no idea what that meant. So apparently he cuts their ears in certain ways that, you know, brands them. So that's what he's doing. And uh, he gets a little one, like I said, marks it, drops it back in, and he goes to get another, but gets pulled out of the tree into the hog pile. Uh, um, the hogs, which, if you excuse the expression, go ham on him. Ha-ha. Uh, Yeller <laughs> nice. comes to the rescue, but not before one of the hogs totally shreds his leg in a very aggro, unpleasant way. He manages to get away thanks to Yeller. He wraps it with a tourniquet only to discover that Yeller too has been injured. And, uh, he, man, he's cut up pretty bad. Yeah. Can I just say, I mean, I hate to second guess the decision making here, but uh, should Travis have probably got, had somebody else go with him? I mean, they could have found somebody, right? Yeah. You have thought so. Have Elizabeth Seems go. Like... Elizabeth would be game for it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the hog's gonna get you. Watch out. Oh, Watch out, Travis. Travis, the hog's gonna get you. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. I've never seen anything like this. That's so bad. <laughs> Spot on. Oh, man. Yeller's cut up pretty bad. Travis wraps him up with his shirt, but Yeller's in a bad way. And so Travis makes a hiding place for the dog in the cliffside so he can sort of hide out while Travis goes to get mom for help. Uh, back at the homestead, mom is wrapping Travis's leg and she tries to get him in bed. But Travis says that, you know, he promised Yeller he would come back for him and he's going back no matter what. So the whole gang, mom, Travis, and Arliss, all set off with the donkey to get Yeller. The buzzards are circling, but Yeller's still in his hidey hole. Mm -mm -mm. Mom sends Arliss off to find a lizard to distract him while they tend to Yeller. But, you know, I understand wanting to get him out of the way, but, you know, he's seen just constant death and destruction nonstop, so why stop now? But whatever. And and we know there's hogs in the area. Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> go, go off and play while the hogs are running around. Yeah. <laughs> As you said, it sent Moochie to tag the hogs, really. I keep second-guessing this decision, but Moochie would have been the person, He would just right? ride them. He wouldn't get up in the tree. Yeah. He'd just ride them. Hey, look at that! <laughs> Apparently, Yeller's wound is very bad. You know, we can't even see it. It's so bad. Mom says she's going to have to stitch Yeller up with a hair from the horse's tail, which I thought was Oof. very industrious. I thought that was clever. Ma knows what's up, man. And she had a needle with her. Yeah. I guess they just all carried needles. Well. Never leave home. Little <laughs> Old West knowledge. Yeah. yeah she goes to work. Uh, Yeller seems remarkably chill about the whole thing. He's kind of. They have to avoid him licking them as she's stitching him up. So he's he's okay with it. Travis builds a litter for the dog. While Michi comes back with his lizard. And mom says that they're going to play a game where Yeller is sick and Arliss has to take care of him. 
Arliss buys it somehow. Comes up with a story about them both being sick Indians. And Yeller is the sickest Indian of all. Uh, they climb in the back of the litter and Travis tries to mount the mule and lead them home. Back at home, Mom is putting together some home remedies for Travis. While Arliss is mooching out all over the place. Big time. This may be the yes. peak moochie of the whole movie. Yeah. He's like, is this when he was like, go ahead. Well, yeah, he's like shooting her in the face with yes. some yeah. like roots. He's like, it's like shoving the wood in her face. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like laser gunning her or something. <laughs> this is like the prototype for kids and future generations. Just like, yeah she's got a prickly pear roots and she's making a some mash for uh, travis's wound and he's got the roots man come on she man she knows what's up yeah she's a tough tough woman they hear mr cersei call from outside the house which of course is the last thing that they need Uh, lizbeth has brought one of her dog's puppies (laughs) who's just a cute little bit of yellow floof uh, she's brought it for Travis. Arliss says that Travis and the dog are sick because of getting cut up by hogs. And this catches Mr. Cersei's ear. He's interested in this. So Elizabeth takes the puppy, which is adorable, to Travis, who's a real jerk about it. Yep. He is not into it at all. Uh, the puppy and Yeller seem to hit it off. They hit it off really well. But Travis is being kind of a tool. And Elizabeth takes off crying because she is clearly thirsty for Travis. She takes off crying and just gives the pup to Arliss. <laughs> so she's like, here, you can. Can, can I just say that watching her cry at that point of all the uncomfortable moments in this movie, that is the top. <laughs> yeah. It was so, it was like, the, oh, so weird. Just that, that is all. Mom and Cersei come in with the prickly pear root poultice that they've made for Travis's leg. Uh, we don't see the wound, but apparently it's pretty nasty. He said it's down to the bone, which is just oh. no, thank you. Uh, Cersei, who can't shut up, gets mom worried about rabies <laughs> and starts talking about how everything around lately seems to have it. He starts talking about the symptoms and described how an uncle of his got it once and eventually died from the slobbering fits. <laughs> That's a good name for a band. Yeah. <laughs> what genre are they though? It's like know. a Gen X band. It has to be like a Gen Post-punk. X. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Slobbering fits. Mom has <laughs> mom has had enough, and she throws Cersei out and kind of reads him the riot act about being useless. We didn't talk about the first time he visited. Like the best part was her, like slow burn because she is not a fan. Yeah, and she just kind of has a slow burn in the background of his entire scene of being irritated with him. Uh, but this time she's not having it. Throws him out and calls him out, and uh, his version of helping is trying to leave Lizbeth behind to plow the cornfield. Please no. And which he does while mom fumes. And so now Lizbeth like lives there now just because mom is worried about rabies, but Travis says he knows that the hogs weren't mad and he'll be fine. Time passes and mom, Lizbeth and Arliss have harvested a huge wagon of corn like a comedically large amount of corn. Uh, 
They're having a chat about how Rose the cow has been acting weird and speculate about what's wrong with her. Just then, the cow bolts on screen and totally falls out. And uh, Travis realizes she's got the hydrophobia. Another uncomfortable scene. Another uncomfortable scene with Rose the cow. Poor Rose. Rose really took the brunt of this movie. Rose has got the pratfalls down, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, Rose was the Kramer of her age. (laughs) Stunt cow. Uh, Hey, y'all need my stunt cow to come down? Here we go. $200. Should be fine. Should be fine. Do whatever you want with her. (laughs) She's game. (laughs) Travis goes off and gets his rifle and kills the cow quick. Mom is like, well, let's get busy and burn the carcass. Mom is all business. Uh, They have their Darth Vader pyre set up for the cow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lisbeth and mom are hauling trees around to throw on the fire, which was impressive. They've been out cutting down trees. Uh, Travis is watching. He's still kind of laid up. And Artless is asking him questions about why they killed the cow and if it'll go to cow heaven. Shut up, Arliss. Arliss. Go play with the fire, Arliss. Come on. Yeah, Yeah. he would totally be trying to jump over that. That's what I'm saying. Arliss, here's a match. Yeah. (laughs) Go go play with the fire. (laughs) Arliss continues to ask about heaven while he and the puppy eat out of the same bowl, Mm. which is quite a thing to film. High high mooch. High mooch. Just eating out of that puppy bowl. Uh, suddenly mom calls for Travis to bring the gun. There's a wolf on the prowl and he's fighting Yeller and man, they are really going at it in grand tradition again. Yeah. Uh, Travis takes the shot and manages to pick off the wolf and miss Yeller. Uh, Yeller has superficial wounds, but he isn't hurt too bad or so we think. Uh, Can I just say that Ma knows what's up because she says that, uh, no wolf would, attack you know this situation yeah. not even a loafer wolf which is the name of my future band <laughs> loafer wolf loafer wolf that's the name of my shoe brand yeah. <laughs> you tired of being on your feet all day get you a pair of loafer wolves <laughs> like hush puppies but uh <laughs> loafer wolves <laughs> your dogs are barking yeah, that's perfect. Oh, guys, we just came up with something. <laughs> Trademark for anybody who's listening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she said no wolf in the world would jump him at the fire if it was in its right mind. It was a mad dog. And uh, she just straight up offers to shoot Yeller right then and there if Travis wow, can't. But uh, So hardened. Hardened. He refuses to believe it. He says they can't shoot Yeller if they don't know for sure. He'll pin him up. They'll wait and see. So they do. Two weeks later, Yeller's still in his pen, but seems just fine. He's happy. Mom says sometimes it takes a month to tell, though, so they just have to wait. Time passes, and Arliss is counting down the days until Yeller can go free, but Travis is heading out to feed the dog and finds him in his pen, snarling ominously. I mean, can I say, I mean, I know we all know what's going to happen, but uh, that's a real pump fake it's like a real pleasant tone yeah right they before had fake this. You, well they had fake you twice with the hogs first right and you're like ah oh, this is it 
And then, nope, he's fine. And then with this, totally, he's happy in his, he's just chowing down in his little cage. He's happy. Yeah, yeah I thought the just, hogs, I, I'd forgotten about the wolf scene. So I thought the hogs was going to be the end of the of the movie here. I thought, well, this thing's wrapping up quick. And I had to go check. And I was like, okay. So they got me, yeah. They, the doublehead fake, yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah, Yeller's snarling and clearly isn't right. But Travis won't admit what is happening. Mom realizes, of course, something's afoot and sends Arliss to bed. Or she tries because Arliss goes full moochie and tries to set Yeller free. Oh, man, this is rough. Despite his, like, barking yes. and snarling. This is full, like, Arliss, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with your brain? How are you alive? <laughs> That's yeah. right. Are you still alive? This is anxiety-inducing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is like some of the most anxiety-filled scenes in all of Disney movies, for me at least. True. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Mom's comforting Travis inside, and they realize Arliss is gone. Mom opens the door and finds Arliss farting around the dog pen, and uh, <laughs> he almost succeeds in freeing Yeller before Mom intervenes, <laughs> and man, she slams that door shut. Just mm -hmm. in time. Ma! God. And I mean, Arliss just needs a whooping at this point. How many times do you think Mom saved uh, old Moochie's life? <laughs> Go, she's a true. Dude. She's a true hero. Daily, she's the hero of this movie. Yeah, Yeller's foaming at the mouth, and everybody realizes what's going on. Travis is in despair, but Mom just goes and gets the gun. She says that Yeller's suffering, and Travis knows what they have to do. He says that he knows since Yeller was his dog, he'll do it, and sure to his word, he does. I'll uh, also note that Elizabeth is there through all of this and really must have been thrilled to have been dropped off in the middle of everything. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Dad. <laughs> Finish him off, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I got this puppy for you. <laughs> Why don't you like my puppy? I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm trying to shoot my dog, Elizabeth. <laughs> She's like, no, take this puppy. Take this puppy. Shoot the puppy too, Arya Travis. I, I, I got the <laughs> I, I got the arrowhead if you want to shoot it with a bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, more oh, time good. passes. Um, Yeller's gone, at, but Fess is home. He rides up. He's got his extra horse for Travis, and Arliss comes running from the haystack to greet him. Mom is excited too, man. She comes running for some of that sweet, sweet Fess sugar. <laughs> She's happy. Fess has a big old bag of Yankee money. <laughs> He's got a dress and some shoes for mom. He's got a big old Indian headdress for Arliss, who mooches out to eleven immediately with and he yeah. just goes running all running down the road. <laughs> whooping and hollering. <laughs> Uh, dad asks where Travis is. Mom says he and Elizabeth are off burying old yeller. Elizabeth drew grave duty out on the hilltop. They've buried the dog. Elizabeth is still trying to get Travis to like the puppy, but he's still being cold about it. She just gives up and walks off. And Screw you then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. She walked right past the dad. I mean, they don't even yeah, acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really weird, like exit entrance. <laughs> You Just, probably don't like that puppy either. 
so dad walks up. He's been briefed on the situation. They have heart to heart. That's rough is what he says, which was a line that kind of made me laugh. He just kind of sits down. I like, that's rough. Uh, he tells Travis that he did a good job dealing with it. And now he has just forget it and go on being a man, which is some fifties advice. If I've ever heard it. Yeah, but right then after I was impressed because right in after he's like, I don't really mean that. It's kind of what he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, like, yeah, you know, that that sounds harsher than it is. You know, I I thought that was kind of, uh, you know, kind of progressive. I mean, not really progressive, but a little bit more progressive than when we first said that. I was like, what? Yeah. And then uh, he went on, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of impressed with the emotional like part of this uh, monologue. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Because he leads off with, like, the total, like... Just forget it. Forget it. Be a man. (laughs) And he's like, "Uh, actually, you know. He says, life's like that sometimes. He says, life will just haul off and knock a man flat sometimes, but it's not all like that. Can't waste the good parts fretting about the bad, because that makes it all bad. Uh, Travis doesn't completely buy it, but dad says he should find something good to take the place of the bad. At, at which point I expected them to like cut away to like Elizabeth, like looking out from the bushes. Like, <laughs> pick, pick me. <laughs> I'm a happy. Uh, anyway, uh, Travis and dad head off to get some dinner. Uh, back at home, mom's in her new dress. Puppy is being a scamp. She's yelling at the dog and gets in a brawl with Arliss before dad intervenes. Travis picks up the puppy, gets a lick on the face. We can tell he's starting to warm up to the pup before he notices Elizabeth watching. And he kind of puts on a harsh front. Says it's time to teach the dog to learn his keep. Uh, With some more puppy kisses and a happy Elizabeth, we cut to more of Travis and Arliss playing with a growing Yeller Jr., out in the fields as the theme song plays as they romp into the distance it is the end young yeller is a puppy a little lop-eared puppy it's plain to see he's got a family tree the image of his pappy is frisky and he's happy and that's how a good pup should be frisky and happy King ending, you know, mm. circle of life. Mm-hmm. The the song playing over again, different generation. Yeller Junior, cute puppy. Think about it. Yeah, I mean, like father, like son. Think about it. I had an issue with the quick turnaround to the acceptance of the puppy. Can I just say that? I know, yeah, it was a pretty fair. cute puppy. It was cute. It was cute. I just. Uh, it would have been better if the puppy would have showed up, like, on its own accord. Why did Elizabeth have to... I mean, I'm just really bothered by the Elizabeth bringing the puppy and crying, I guess. Well, that made it official, like, yeller bloodline. That's true. That's yeah, true. In an era before DNA tests, we need an Elizabeth to bring in and vouch. But still, <laughs> she, she's shoving that puppy down his throat. She's like, love this puppy. And he's like, I'm not ready to love this puppy. 
So I'm fair. I if you will love this puppy. How would you ever learn to love me? <laughs> I'm the only girl I'll make you a good wife. <laughs> I-, I wanted to say that this movie is feels like that it put like scarred me with from rabies. Yes, yeah, yes, for a long time. Like like this and like you know quicksand rabies and quicksand yes. oh, like yeah, one of those yeah, things yeah. i was scared to death of as a kid because i think of this movie and you know the other things that I had, like probably princess bride or whatever but yeah it's just it's just one of those hallmarks i think i'm gonna add to that there was an episode of flipper where the kids got stuck in a buoy and i was always kind of freaked out about buoys <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah do you remember I that episode about, yeah i totally remember that it was, yeah. it was like, world war ii style buoy watch out for giant buoys that, that kids get trapped in <laughs> I was always State. I was just scared of giant marshmallow man as a child. That was my well, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and I, and I'm gonna throw in there. I'm I was scared of being sucked up in a chocolate tube like and yeah you know, the kid and Willy Wonka. Golly, yeah, that was in there too. A lot to be afraid <laughs> of. You never know when you're gonna come across a big old chocolate tube and that freaky. Right swimming that chocolate river. <laughs> Moochie would. Can you imagine Moochie oh, yeah. in the chocolate factory? He would have He's been kind of like the Mike home. TV a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I could see that. But more. Much more Mitchie than Mike. would have been dead before they even got to the front door, though. <laughs> yeah, like, true. yeah, take Augustus and, and Mike and put them together, and you've got Mitchie there. <laughs> yeah. I think we should need to remake this movie with uh, with Nick Offerman, though, as, uh, as Fess. Fess's oh. role. Oh, yeah. He's the only actor that could pull it off. I don't know Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Tom Selleck could do it too. Oh, no, Nick has that more of that like that quiet stoic. Where uh, I, I still Tom Selleck on Friends always kind of ruined me. So Tom Selleck would sell all their reversible mortgages for Confederate money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! What's goodness. a reversible mortgage, Travis? <laughs> Well, if you have a lot of equity in your home, <laughs> Moochie. I bought all, all your dad's reverse mortgages for my dad. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, you know, this is a real change of pace for us. Can I say before we rate this thing? I mean, it's funny that we're laughing at this more than the comedies. It's kind of sick. But, uh. <laughs> well, you know, I. I, last year we did uh, Journey of Natty Gan as our uh, you know semifinal, and uh, so I thought maybe we'll do another uh, drama. I didn't it didn't put the two together that they were both dog movies, so uh, that's why I, I kind of I, I wanted to you know this one as as the as the drama pick, and um, but dog, I think drama. Uh, dogs and drama go together. It's true. It's true. All right, well, it's time for us to rate this film. And we do it using our 100% original rubric grading scale. Robert, what's our scale this week? Our scale this week is going to be horny toads. Uh, I was hoping it'd be uh, pieces of cornbread, but horny toads it is. That's a major plot point. Uh, let's start with plot and writing, and I'll go right to you, Robert. What do you give this? One to five horny toads for plot and writing for Old Geller. 
you know, I, I didn't find a lot of things wrong with this movie. Um, I thought it moved well. I mean, it. Uh, I'm gonna go with a five. I, 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 I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. Have you given anything a five in the plot? Writing? Yeah, I think uh, I gave uh, Swiss Zombie Robinson a five as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll go to Andy. Plot and writing. I won't go a five, but I will go a four. I agree. It, it was it was a tight movie. Um, I liked the the pacing of it. I thought it moved nicely. Um, there was no major holes that I could see. Um, so yeah, four four pieces or no four horny toads. I will All say right. go back to uh, that. I did joke with Jeff a little bit that the the some of the uh, the plot reveals were a little heavy handed, but that's really yeah. my own. But because they just get, but it wasn't like I mean. Because I knew it was coming, but if I'd never seen it before, I, I wouldn't have picked up on it as much. But you kind of like, well, they're really hammering away at hogs and hydrophobia, and <laughs> so got to teach yeah. those city kids what it all means before it happens. Right, right, right. The soft, yeah. soft city kids. That's right, with their clean hands. <laughs> um, I, I'll agree with Andy. I think uh, I'm going to say four. I I have no fault with it. I but I, th- I thought it was really solid. Um, I mean, uh, I stayed engaged with it the whole time. So uh, to me, it was just a little aim small, miss small at some point. So I'll say four, not five. And Michael. Uh, that's a good criticism, the aim small, miss small, but uh, I'll give it a five just because I can't think of any beef that I have with it. And like Andy said, it, it really moves like it. It doesn't get bogged down in anything. Uh, and even, you know, the the ultimate climactic scene that everybody knows about, man, it's over and done. They don't drag it out at all. It is. They yeah. get it out of the way. Bigger, like in my memory, like like. And and darker, like I just remember the the, but just as my childhood memory had, had recorded it as just being this, I mean, really like upsettingly dark scene. And it is upsetting and dark. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, you know. But you're right. It just moved, and they didn't sit there and dwell on it. And well, I yeah, can't do it. Well, I gotta do it. Well, I can't. But I, I mean, yeah, they, they didn't sit yeah, there yeah. and like do this whole back and forth or anything. I mean, and they made like, a big inspirational like speech about. But you've got to do it because blah, 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 blah. I made a lot of jokes about Walt laughing at Moochie, but it does feel like, I mean, whether or not this was an era where Walt's influence was still really felt or if he was involved somehow in uh, the production, it feels like the tightness of a really good Walt, uh, you know, Walt's eye. All right, let's move on to casting and acting. I'll throw it back to you, Michael. I'll give, um, that was tough. I'll give it a four. Uh, I mean, everybody, there are a few weaker links, (laughs) but I think everybody, I mean, mom is great. I think Tommy Kirk does really, really well, um, in this and, uh, Moochie is just Moochie's Moochie, but, uh, yeah, I'll go to four. I think I'll go next. I'll go next. I, I think I agree with you. I want to give it a five because it's just the names and how much you know they represent this kind of studio and everything. But it's not quite at a five, so I'll I'll stay at a four. And we will go to Andy next. Um, I think the accents kind of brought it down. Yeah, for me. I agree. I agree. And so I'm, I'm going to have to go with a three. But uh, yeah, 
same everything yes thing you guys said all the other stuff and robert i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna say almost yeah everything you guys said there's no um weekly i mean there's a few rough links but not a weak link uh tommy i, I love tommy kirk in this um i mean the, for his first movie to be handed a role like that i mean that's tough it's i thought he did a, yeah. did a great job with it and uh i love dorothy mcguire in it too i thought she was great mm-hmm. um but uh yeah to go with the accents uh, it didn't drag it down to a three for me but it gave it it, it kept it at a four for me all right, let's move on to production value. I'll start, and I really want to give it a five, but uh, this is where the aim small, miss small really hits me. I mean, I thought the location was gorgeous. The music was great. The animal stuff was great. Uh, I have no fault with it. Just the scope of the movie, you know, I think about a Swiss Family Robinson or 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea being fives. So I'll give it a four. And uh, let's go to Andy next. Yeah, I agree completely. Four. And Robert? I'm going to go a little bit lower because I, I think it's nothing bad. Uh, I, they shot a lot of it outdoors. It looked like there's maybe just, I can only think of maybe three or four uh, studio shots they did total. Right. And that's always a challenge to be outside. But yeah, Swiss Family Robinson's a five. And as you pointed out, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is a definite five. And I just don't feel like this is even in the ballpark with those movies. So I think it's going to be a three. And Michael, I go to four. I, I think. I mean, what it needed to do, it did really well. I mean, the stunt work and all that stuff was wild. And uh, but, like you said, you got to leave room for the big, like five star production. So uh, four, I think, works. All right, and we'll end with entertainment value. I'll start here with Robert. How many horny toads do you give it? Um. Yeah, there was never a moment where I didn't, I wasn't connected to this movie, and uh, um, I kind of want to give it a five, but I just, you know, I don't. I'm gonna probably I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna go with a four. All right, and Michael, and this is a tough one. I feel the exact same way. Like I'm like this is perfect. Like four point five material. Um. Man, I'll just, I'm going to be generous and give it a five because I was interested the whole time. It held my attention completely, uh, never slows down. So, yeah, good times. Andy, I'm going to be on the conservative side and go with a four because um, I felt like while it, 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 I enjoyed it, I thought it was a movie that works well for both kids and adults. Uh, but it wasn't quite up to a five, but I thought a strong four. I, I agree with that. Again, I wish I, I wish I had a four point five, like Michael said. I always judge for some reason entertainment on rewatchability, and I don't know how many times I would rewatch this movie because of the True. uncomfortable moments. But uh, that's not you know exactly. Yeah, I was entertained, so I guess straight fours for the whole thing for me. Uh, but it's time to plug all these numbers into the computer that wore tennis shoes and uh see what we got robert what did old yeller get computer is spitting out its information right now and it comes in at a 4.06 how strong puts it into the four slot right behind the absent-minded professor flight of the navigator and swiss family robinson 
That seems right. It seems like a good, uh, we're starting to, that yeah. for me. It bumps uh, Journey of Natty Gan down into the into the five slot now. I think it's time. I think it's time for Natty Gan to get bumped down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. All right. Well, we have done our you know full review here. Michael, what did Leonard Malton have to say about Old Yeller? Leonard Malton was a fan. He says Old Yeller is a lovely film under the able guidance of Robert Stevenson who treats his subject with the dignity and understatement that brings out all the emotion inherent in the story. He says that in less skilled hands, the same material could have been cloying and phony. The film never sinks to that level. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it is impressive how they, again, we've talked about how it doesn't linger and all this stuff. I mean, there are a lot of potential, uh, you know, dangers of this story that they navigate really well oh yeah i mean well as i mean to go back to it again they could have monologued forever about circle of life and right all the you know this you know but i mean they just they dealt with it they let us deal with it and they didn't have to sit there and explain why they had to shoot the dog you know and i mean it taught me about death at an early age (laughs) And like yeah, I remember yeah. having conversations with my mom about why do they have to do that? I don't understand. Why could they just gotten, why did they just take them to the vet? You know? And it, it really, I mean, it was a, it was a big life changing movie for me as a child. Would you, let me ask you guys this as a parent, would you show you this to your kid now at the ages? That- I mean, James, uh, my, my oldest son is already asking to see it. Because okay. he knows we're doing okay. doing a podcast about it, so I mean, I probably let him sit down and watch it. My I mean, yeah, one, it, probably he I and mean, they they both can handle this kind of stuff. I think. I uh, might wait till my kids are Robert Skid's age, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I would. Yeah, yeah, I'd let my oldest. Yeah, I'd let my oldest watch it, but uh, I wouldn't let my younger ones yet watch right. it yet. Well, this is our third Moochie movie, and I've been amazed. At the deep admiration for Moochie that our fans have. <laughs> so much that we ruffled some feathers out there when we did uh, Swiss Femby Robinson. Uh, the Twitter sphere at medfieldfilm.com really uh, kind of came down on us. Kind of hard about that. So, I want to take a moment right now and I want to review our three Moochie movies that we've seen so far. That being Old Yeller. Swiss Family Robinson and a very forgettable role in Babes in Toyland. I want to do a mm. quick ranking. Well, a, a honorary mention for Herbie Goes Bananas for uh, production work too. For, yeah, okay, <laughs> we, can, we can throw it in for production work, uh, but uh, a ranking on, on, on a performance ranking for Moochie from one to eleven because we kept referring to you know this is Moochie at eleven. So an old yeller for the whole scope of the movie. Where would you put Moochie on, on a scale of one to eleven? I mean, to me, this Moochie's sets the bar. Always eleven. When is yeah, he not that's 11? true. That's yeah. true. I, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, but I, I feel like it's Swiss Family Robinson. Like he kept the, the he kept the needle buried. <laughs> I would say Babes in <laughs> Toyland is more subtle. I would give Swiss Family Robinson an eleven, and then yeah. Babes in Toyland like a four. Definitely yeah. Babes in yeah. Toyland is way down. Also, his bizarre other Moochie brother in Babes in Toyland. It was like double the Moochie. He got half the Moochie energy. 
Yeah, Those the are more weird. Moochies you have, they all share the same energy pool. Really weird so Moochie moment because it's like they they were supposed to not be charismatic. So it seems like they he just like transformed into this like blob, and it was like yeah. Clearly, Moochie does the one thing. It'd be interesting to watch Toby Tyler sometime and see how that holds up on the Moochie scale. He's got the you know. We've got lots more Moochie coming down the down the the pipe for us all. So. This will not be the last. Oh, I mean, it's impossible for it to be. Yeah. <laughs> too much Moochie. We hope we did, well, uh, to the fans, we hope we did Moochie justice in this one. We did that. We didn't come down too hard on the poor guy. <laughs> oh, we're just going to say what we say about Moochie, you know? It's, we can't <laughs> help it. So we're really winding in on the season's almost over. Robert, what's, uh, what's the next movie? So, boy, this is a, this is a big one. If I was to pick a, a defining movie from my childhood that I just was truly amazed by from right out of the gate, and I Terminator. remain, Terminator. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do, do Terminator Two. No, yeah. I was amazed from like from today. I'm still as equally, if not more, amazed today than I was as a kid. But it just it blew me away. Um, I remember when it came out, uh, like it was yesterday, and. Uh, I didn't even know that a connection to the director to the other childhood favorite movie of mine. And, uh, but I always want the final movie of the season to be a big top shelf favorite of mine. And I want to share it with you guys and find out what you think. So, um, without question, just hang on a second. Let me, what's the password? Walt sent me. That's right. We're going to Toontown and we're wrapping up this season with what I would call a true definition classic with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Your initial thoughts, gentlemen. I am so excited, man. Oh. I mean, I was just excited to see this movie again. I haven't seen it in so Same long. Same here. Yeah, I know. It has was... been a long time since I've seen this. I, mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. I watch it about once a year. <laughs> yeah, I've not seen it in a long time, and I've been wanting to watch it, and I stopped myself because I knew this was coming down the pipeline. So, yeah. Well, that about wraps up Old Yeller, our third Moochie movie. You got to love Moochie, not to be confused with The Mooch. Because there's no confusing the two. It would be like confusing a good, clean, tasteful graphic design work with an inferior, shoddy graphic design work. On one hand, you have Moochie, so happy and full of energy. On the other hand, you have the Mooch, which is uh, inferior in every possible way. Don't hire an inferior graphic designer. Get the Moochie of graphic designers. Get Todd Naprick. Yeah, that's right. Moochie. Is always going to make a movie good, and Todd is always going to make your graphic design look good. You know where to find him. Bindandgraphics.com. That's B-Y-D-A-N-D graphics.com. So, what kind of logo do you want? <laughs> hey, look over here. It's a drop shadow. <laughs> colors, colors, colors. <laughs> We promise that Todd will not shove wood in your face constantly while you're trying to make a uh, home remedy. Yeah, he does have snakes or in Chuck his Chuck rocks it. Oh, yeah. Chad's, 
Todd's a great rock chucker, but he won't chuck him at you. Maybe on the take that. Maybe on the <laughs> fifth edit. We don't know. Can't speak for Todd. But from all of us to all of you, take care. We'll see you in Toontown next month. Mighty man.